With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next up, there is a book on the market with some insights into the workplace, particularly regarding women who continue to be overshadowed and underpaid compared to their male peers. The title of the book is Growing Influence, a story of how to lead with character, expertise, and impact. And we have one of the two co-authors on the line, Stacey Ennis. Hello there, Stacey. Hi, thanks so much for having me. And thank you for joining us. You are a success coach and a women's leadership trainer, as well as a writer and editor. Uh, you've written this book along with Ron Price, a uh, longtime management executive. The book is set up as a story of ongoing meetings and exchanges in a coffee shop uh, between a couple of characters, Emily and David, who sound a lot like you and Ron. Is is that intentional? <laughs> There are definitely pieces from our lives, um, but there are certainly some deviations as well. But, you know, as, as a writer, it's, you write what you know. So there are certainly pieces, some direct scenes from things that happened with my children or um, from Ron's life experiences he had, and it was really fun to infuse that into the book. Well, it's an excellent vehicle for learning. Uh, Emily learns from David a lot about how to grow your influence at work, as a woman in particular. Uh, uh, tell me some things that Emily learns. Yeah, you know, gosh, she learns so many wonderful um, principles about leadership, but a few that stand out to me. Um, number one, just the idea of being really intentional um, in every aspect of your life. And so the thing that Emily is facing is, it's, she's been in this role at this company, and she's, you know, by most measures, she's been relatively successful, but she's hit kind of this um, point where she doesn't know how to advance, and she doesn't understand why, why she's not getting promoted, why she's getting passed over for opportunities that she feels like she's the perfect fit for. And so a lot of times she's kind of looking outward to the causes instead of looking inward to understand what she can do to have influence within her company. And one of the great things she learns as she becomes more intentional is that she has a lot more influence than she realized. And interestingly, that position that she has had her eye on becomes a lot less important as she begins to focus on the things that matter. Um, one other thing that, I, that always sticks with me from this book is this idea of lead with logic, follow with emotion. And we tend to do the opposite in, in our lives, in our leadership. And as she learns to look more objectively at things and really kind of take in the real things that are happening around her and then follow that with the emotion of what she's feeling, she has so much greater influence. And it's just wonderful to see the progression. And this story is really based on, you know, real experiences that Ron and I have seen throughout our work and ways that people have really gained influence, and we get to tell it through the story 
of Emily. You know, that point uh, really rang true when I uh, read it. When you talk about the power of leading with logic, but following with emotions. So logic mm-hmm. comes first, but there's a place for emotions. Uh, like if you have outrage or, or compassion or, or something that you feel from inside yourself, there's no reason to, uh, to suppress that. Just do that at the right time. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things Emily faces in the book, and I won't give too much away about it, um, but she's facing real, real discrimination at her workplace. And it's, it's more of the type that, as women, we see all the time. It's not so overt, but she's, she's feeling really angry about it, understandably. Um, but she has to learn how, how to deal with that in a way that's effective. And so even though she's feeling a lot about this, she has to learn how to be influential, how to, how to address this issue in a way that, that gains her influence rather than is, is just driven by the feelings that she's having. And men and women have moments like this all the time, you know, in their, in their interactions at work and in their relationships outside of work as well. Now, men may not realize this, but women are are certainly aware of the fact that many workplaces are, in essence, a a patriarchy, uh, which inevitably leads to discrimination, unless it's mindfully combated by by all people concerned. How do you do that? How does a woman in a patriarchy gain influence and grow? Well, it's interesting. There's certainly a lot of things that... um that women can do themselves. And the biggest thing that Emily, that Emily learns in the book is to focus on the things that she has control over. Now, the fact is that we need men, right? We need big-hearted, thoughtful men to be willing to come in, recognize what's known as affinity bias, so this idea of hiring people that look like you, um, hiring people that have a similar background as you, and kind of not realizing that you're doing it. Um, you look at, it's funny, if you, a lot of companies, if you go look at their org charts, and if you were to put a picture of every person at, in their spot on the org chart, you'll see a lot of people that look alike. Um, and so there's, in companies, we really need to build in processes that eliminate affinity bias. So that's just a, a kind of a, a piece that companies can do. As women, we, we face real challenges in the workplace, a lot of times for men who don't realize they're doing it. So, you know, there's a lot of stories out there from men who have, you know, sexually harassed or even assaulted women. That's not what we're dealing with in the book. We're looking at a situation that happens all the time from a character who, you know, by, by what we can tell in the book, doesn't even realize that he's doing it. And so Emily has to learn some strategies to deal with that, to confront the bias that she's facing, and um, find a way to influence positively, to, to grow. Give me one of the strategies that works. Yeah, I mean, go back to what we talked about, lead with logic and follow with emotion. So she, she has this exchange. She's feeling really angry about it. It's clouding everything. It's clouding her, her thoughts at home. She's not really able to be fully engaged with her son when they're playing because she's feeling really angry about it. Um, But David says to her at one point that something along the lines of the time will come when you can speak with power. And so she has to, to really find a place where she can confront what's happening logically and in a, in a way that is influential. 
And then she can also infuse that emotion into it as well. Um, and so we see things like that throughout. It's really about a lot of times the timing of when, when, the, when you deal with something that's hard, it's the timing of when you confront it that matters and, and that internally you're aligned in a way and you're paying attention to the things that you have control over so that you can speak it with influence. Realizing that we're not talking about sexual harassment uh, per se, um, now that the Me Too movement is about a year old, I think uh, that's when Harvey Weinstein was exposed by women uh, saying, yeah, that happened to Me Too. Are you seeing effects in terms of stopping either that behavior or other patriarchal behaviors in, in, in terms of waking people up, uh, not only to the unfairness of it, but the stupidity of it? in not making the most of the talents of, of women that you have in the workplace? You know, I, it's hard to know, I think, at this point. It was interesting. When we were working on the book, um, that's when the Me Too movement unfolded. So we were in the middle of writing it. And it was really interesting to be, I think we had completed a draft of the book at that point. And so to see all of the media come out, Ron and I had several discussions just feeling like, wow, we feel like we've created this thing that we can contribute in a meaningful way. Unfortunately, the production process takes a while, so it's not like we could get it out right away. Um, we certainly have a place where women feel that they can come forward when serious things like that happen. I think my concern is that we will get to a state of complacency, right? Um, and a state where we companies begin to feel like, okay, well, we do that, you know, training once a year, and we have a couple of things in our hiring process that make sure we get more women applicants. But what we really need is for companies to have cultural shifts and to make real measured goals. So by measured, I mean that we're going to have 50-50 uh, representation on our board of directors or that our executive team is going to be 50-50, men and women, but also um, some diversity in race and background. So there's things that companies can do um, from, a, from a real measurable way that will force them then to put in strategies for hiring for those position, positions as well. Uh, things are changing in a good way, it seems. I think so. I'm, I'm really optimistic. Um, again, the thing that I don't want to see is for us to get complacent. Um, I, I told you before we started the official interview that I recently moved to Thailand. And one of the things that's interesting about living there is that women play um, a, a really big role in high-level positions in that country. Um, and so when we go to the, the hospital, for example, which we've been to more times than I, than I would wish for the, for the early time of being there, um, most of the doctors are women. Um, they have, you know, the queen, is, her picture is everywhere. Any major position or high-level position, you're going to see potentially more women than men um, to a point where my, doc my daughter asked me, Mom, can men be doctors too? <laughs> so <laughs> it's not that I want to see um, women take a place above men because I, don't, I, I can't imagine anyone would think that was the goal. But it would be nice to feel like we have equality, right? Yeah. Equality across gender and race. It's not too much to ask. I, I agree with you, absolutely. Now, who should read this book? This book is for anyone across the leadership spectrum. So one of the things that's great 
in this book is that we have both this really high-level retired CEO, David, and then we have this, uh, you know, emerging slash established leader, Emily. So she's been in this company for 10 years. She knows a thing or two, but she's still growing. So we feel like the book will offer something for everyone at, at every level of their leadership. And we've really designed it, even though the main story is about a woman, we have designed it for men and women as well. Um, one of my challenges in writing books, because I've, I've written a number of books over the years, and there's this idea that books by women are only for women and stories about women are only for women, but stories about men are for men and women. <laughs> so our hope in creating the story about a woman with one of the co-authors being a woman is that men will eagerly pick it up and read it so they can better understand the women that they work with and develop a more robust approach to how they foster women in leadership. And everybody benefits from that. Absolutely. I mean, there's actually hard data that shows that companies who have more women in their executive team earn not just a little more, it's substantially more. The title of the book is Growing Influence, a story of how to lead with character, expertise, and impact. Is there a website you can point us to? Yeah, so um, people can buy the book anywhere books are sold, so Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, um, and bookstores. They can also go to price-associates.com slash growing influence. Okay, we've been talking with co-author Stacy Ennis. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.